I trust you picked up a copy of the sermon notes as you came in. But just again, a a brief devotional on two biblical uh, guarantees for the new year. And that first guarantee is, and of course this isn't very pleasant to talk about, but that tribulations uh, will be uh, encountered. Uh, You know, we've uh, sung about uh, growing uh, in Christ in this new year. We've seen some of these videos And, of course, one of God's primary tools to uh, bring that growth is a tribulation. And so tribulations will be encountered. Look at uh, John chapter 16, verse 33, and then also coupled with uh, a statement that Paul made in Acts 14, 22. Jesus made the statement in John 16, 33. Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation. Uh, And then the Apostle Paul, through many tribulations... We must enter the kingdom of God. The word uh, translated tribulation is thalipsis in the original Greek text. Uh, The the root of the word means to break, to press down, or to crush. Uh, Not very appealing, (laughs) is it? Uh, the, The word refers to the internal anguish and anxiety you experience when under the crushing weight of great stress or suffering, which causes you to feel like you're just trapped, like you're, you're, you're hemmed in, and there's, there's no way of escape. Uh, you could define this as uh, the Christian's panic attack. Uh, when we encounter issues like this. Uh, Synonyms for tribulation uh, would be things like trouble, difficulty, problem, crisis, burden, ordeal, trial, adversity, hardship, tragedy, sorrow, trauma, affliction, setback, hassle, distress, misery, wretchedness, heartache, woe, pain, agony, and travail. I won't go any further. (laughs) Uh, Look there at your notes at James chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 where we discover four facts about tribulation. Uh, James wrote, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, or we could put tribulations there, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So get these four facts down in your notes about tribulations. The first fact is tribulations are inevitable. They are inevitable. Notice James did not write, if you encounter various trials or tribulations, he said what? When you encounter various trials. Problems, tribulations, uh, trouble, Uh, They are not an elective in life. They are part of the required course load that God uses in our lives. Second fact, tribulations are unpredictable. They're not only inevitable, but they are unpredictable. James wrote, when you encounter various trials. That word encounter is the word peripipto in the Greek. And it literally means to fall into unexpectedly, to fall into unexpectedly. Very seldom uh, are you able to anticipate 
uh, the problems you're going to fall into. They are unpredictable. They come sudden and without warning. The third fact about tribulations, tribulations are varied in kind. They are varied in kind. James wrote, when you encounter various trials, uh, that word various literally means multicolored. And tribulations come in all colors. Uh, tribulations come in all shapes and sizes. They vary in intensity. They vary in duration. Some we would consider minor inconveniences. Others would be a major crisis. Uh, problems, tribulations are inevitable, unpredictable, varied in kind. But praise God, praise God for the fourth fact about tribulations. Uh, tribulations are purposeful. They are purposeful. James wrote, the testing of your faith produces endurance. God can produce spiritual benefit out of every tribulation you encounter. He desires to bring us profit uh, through our uh, problems. And let me just remind you, this is a truth that's uh, been often emphasized throughout the history of this uh, church that uh, is, you know, trust in the sovereignty of God, Romans 8, 28 and 29. We know that God causes what? All things, the good and the bad, to what? To work together uh, for our good. And verse 29 gives us the reason, because we've been what? Predestined uh, to be conformed to the image of His Son. And I've shared with you many times before that word predestined has two fundamental meanings. It means a predetermined outcome. In other words, in the context, uh, when you placed your faith in Christ, God predetermined that the outcome that the end result of your faith in Christ would be that you would be made like Him. And so when, uh, after your conversion, you begin that process of becoming more and more like Jesus. And of course, that process will not be complete until when? When we see Jesus uh, face uh, to face. And so we enter uh, that, that process and, uh, and, and he determines that that will be the end result. But that word uh, predestined, prohorizo, also means to place a boundary around something. So there's this thought that uh, God has encircled you, literally encircled you. Uh, and uh, you are in that little bubble of his love. And the promise when you put these two verses together is, the, the guarantee is... God will not allow anything to penetrate uh, that, that bubble. He'll not let anything penetrate that hedge He's placed around you unless He knows He can ultimately let it work for your benefit, for your spiritual uh, good, for your spiritual uh, profit. And, uh, and, of course, the goal is what? To be made like Jesus. So He uses tribulation to do exactly that. Uh, one just very quick example, and I've used it uh, many times in the past. He wants to teach me to what? Love like Jesus. Well, what is his love like? Well, you go to 1 Corinthians 13, and it says love is what? 
right off the bat, verse 4, love is long-suffering, and it's kind. It goes on, talks about it doesn't take into account wrong suffered, love's ability uh, to forgive. It talks about how love does not seek its own. It seeks the welfare of others. How love uh, believes all things, places its confidence in the grace of God, and their hopes in all things, endures all things. And the love of God truly never fails. It doesn't mean that it wins every individual, but it means you can never stop God's love. Uh, it will never fail. It will never end. It will never let you, let you go. So here I am as a believer, and God's put me in the bubble of His love, and He wants to teach me to love like Jesus. And so uh, God will have to allow certain things to uh, come into my life to provide that opportunity. And so since His love is long-suffering, it has the ability to bear up under difficulty. And as it is bearing up under that difficulty, continue to be kind. Not irritated, but kind. To continue to be gentle, to continue to be tender, tender, even towards the hand that may be inflicting the pain. So because God is committed to teaching me to be like Jesus, sometimes He will allow suffering to come and at the hand of another individual to provide this opportunity for me to lean on Christ and to learn that love that bears up under the difficulty and continues to reach out in kindness. It says, again, love doesn't take into account wrong suffered. Love's ability to forgive. With God's primary goal in Andy Merritt's life is to teach me to forgive as Christ forgave the only opportunity I will ever have to learn that quality of forgiveness is I have to first be what? Hurt. I have to be wronged. I have to suffer injustice. And then I have that opportunity to learn to forgive as Christ forgave, to surrender my rights, to surrender uh, the debt I believe this person owes me, to release that and to continue to invest in their lives as God invested in my life through His forgiveness as He canceled out my sin debt. Uh, God, again, wants to teach me that love that believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, a love that never fails. Where's the only place in life I'm going to have the opportunity to learn that? He'll have to put me in situations that it looks to be an impossibility, that all hope is all gone. I don't think I can endure this another second and I appear to be a failure, and God says, I have you right where I need you. I now have the opportunity to teach you a love that in the worst of circumstances keeps its focus on Christ, finds its source of joy and strength in that relationship with Christ, a relationship that knows hope because nothing is impossible with God, where I can continue to bear up under the difficulty and the suffering and to continue to go forward and not fail him or not fail uh, others. So again, tribulations are purposeful. God uses them in that way. It doesn't mean that God causes everything that happens to us. He does, he's not the author of injustice, sin, wrong, hurt, but he uses all of that for our good. And of course, that takes us right to our second biblical guarantee for the new year and that is tribulations can be overcome through Christ. Amen? Amen? Tribulations can be overcome through Christ. Look at John 16, Going back to that verse, Jesus said, In the world, yes, you have tribulation, but take courage. Why? I have overcome the world. He says, look at me. Look at what I endured, and I overcame, 
and I was a victor. And if you lean on me, I can lead you down that same path to be an overcomer, to be a a victor. Look at Romans 8, uh, verses 31 and 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? And notice this follows Romans 8, 28 and 29. It's, talk, it's, it's referring to those all things in life that we encounter, which includes tribulation. And he's saying, hey, in the midst of that, God is for us. He's not against us. That you can have the confidence as a believer, you will never walk through anything alone. That as a result of redemption through Christ, and this is the wonder of wonders of God's love, He actually loves and values you as much as He loves and values His Son, Jesus. And even as He was committed to glorifying His Son to accomplish and finish the work God had given Him to do on earth, God is just as committed to glorify you, to empower you, to finish the work He has for you to do here on earth. So He says God is is for you. He's not against you. And if He did not spare His own Son but delivered Him up, He's going to freely give us all things. He will provide whatever. You know, I thought, this banner right here, the white banner, that's Jehovah in the Hebrew. That means what? I am that I am. Whatever you need, God says, I am. Turn to me. Don't look to others. Turn to me. Because you can only find sufficiency. You can only find that satisfaction and grace in me. Look at Romans 8, 37. But in all these things... We overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. And in the context, verse 35 raises the question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It says, shall tribulation separate us? Shall distress separate us? Shall famine separate us? Any difficulty? And of course, the answer is no. The answer is no, but in all these things, in all these tribulations, we overwhelmingly conquer through who? Jesus, who loved us, who will never abandon us or forsake us, but will walk with us to guide us, to support us, to strengthen us, when necessary to correct us, and when necessary to carry us. And then I love 1 Corinthians 10, 13, a very familiar verse, but look at how it reads in the paraphrase, the message. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. Amen? Amen. Now, look at that very next, very important question in your notes. Well, in light of that, then why are so many believers overcome by tribulation instead of uh, overcoming tribulation? Why, Why do we get swallowed up and defeated by tribulation instead of being a victor over it? And the answer is James 1.8. The life of a, of a man of divided loyalty will reveal instability at every turn. The life of a man of divided loyalty will reveal instability at every turn. Now listen, beloved, this is my point. Tribulations can be overcome through Christ, but it requires your cooperation. It's not just automatic. It requires your cooperation. I mean, reality is, 
when you encounter tribulation, it can make you either bitter or better. And it's going to be determine how you respond, how you cooperate with God. It requires you to love God, to trust God, to obey God. You never have to ask the question whether or not God is for you. He is. The question is, are you holy for Him? That's the question. And then that leads us as we conclude to... Uh, these four New Year's resolutions that I would suggest. And the reason I share these, if any of you have been around the church for any length of time, you know this is something that I personally return to at the first of every year. And I normally try to work it into my first message some way in the uh, new year. And also, it's a wonderful review of what was our major study in 2016 as we uh, walk through the book of Philippians uh, together, because all of these resolutions are uh, taken from the book of Philippians, uh, one from each of the four uh, chapters. So uh, look at the first one. I need, as I move into this next year, to be committed, to be resolved, to exalt the life of Christ in all circumstances. Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is what? Christ, and to die is gain. God wants me to be surrendered to live for Christ in any and every circumstance. And what that practically means is He doesn't want me to focus on outcomes. He doesn't want me to focus on results. I can leave that to God. He wants me to focus on holiness of heart, holiness of life. Instead of saying, God, get me out of this, God wants to bring me to the place where I can surrender this circumstance, this tribulation to Him, and say, God, how do you desire to use this for your glory? How can I utilize this tribulation to exalt, to magnify you, to demonstrate your power in the midst of my weakness, to demonstrate your love in the midst of my difficulty to benefit and bring welfare to others? And then look at the second resolve. Exhibit the mind of Christ in all relationships. Philippians 2.5. Let this mind be in you or this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. So he wants me to be committed as I move forward into this new year to learn to love like Christ in all relationships. And this means as I move forward that I am to receive every person that comes into my life as a gift from God. No matter how difficult, no matter how obnoxious, irritating this person might be. This person is God's gift to give me an opportunity to learn to love as Christ loved. To learn a love that is not easily provoked and made angry, but continues to be kind and gentle. As we talked about earlier, a love that does forgive. A love that is committed not to my welfare and interest, but to the welfare and interest of others. Look at the third resolve, to embrace the goal of Christ in all decisions. Philippians 3.14, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. God wants me as I move forward in the new year to look to Christ in, every, in, in all decisions. And, and f approach those decisions from the perspective, what's, not what's best for me, but what's the best decision that will advance God's kingdom, that will bring honor and glory to Him, that would put Christ on display? What is the decision that I can make that was going to take me closer to Christ? 
that will not distract me from Him, but draw me to Him. And then the fourth resolve, express, to express the strength of Christ in all challenges. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Him, through Jesus who strengthens me. He wants me to learn to lean on Christ in all challenges. Therefore, that's why God uses tribulation to bring brokenness, to break my self-will, to break my self-reliance, to break down my pride and my arrogance where I see my total, absolute, utter dependence upon Him, how desperate I am for Him to create in me a determination to follow hard after Him as I know the grace of God working in me. So again, just a brief devotional that... Tribulations are going to, we're going to encounter them. They are are inevitable, but God can overcome those tribulations through the strength of Christ as we lean on Him, but realizing, yes, God is for me, but He wants me to be for Him, and He wants me to enter to the new year with these four resolutions. Uh, If you don't like the word resolutions, four prayers. Let this be the prayers of your life. Oh, God. Impart to me the grace to exalt the life of Christ in all circumstances, to live for Him. Give me the grace to exhibit the mind of Christ in this relationship, to receive this person as your gift, to give me the opportunity to learn to love as Christ loved. God, give me the grace to embrace Christ as the goal of my life, where I maintain my focus. I keep my eyes fixed on Him as the prize of my life and to move toward Him, and God give me the strength of Christ in all challenges, that I would do nothing to shame you, nothing to deny you, nothing to dishonor you, but that I would please you and demonstrate your power perfected in my weakness. And I'm going to, bring, I'm going to ask Andy to come back up, and we're going to just, the way we're going to close, and then James will come right behind this, uh, this hymn, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. Uh, We'll just sing this as I resolve going to the new year. This hymn is always, I, I did not select it, Andy selected it. It's always been special to our family. Our children will remember. Uh, Kathy, this was one of the hymns Kathy would always sing to the children when they were little babies and when she would be changing their diapers. And uh, she'd get those diapers on, then she'd grab them and put them up on their feet, and she'd be singing, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. And so, of course, we can only do this by God's grace uh, but let's sing it with, uh, with resolve, uh, trusting in Him, depending upon Him, that He will enable us as individuals, as a church, uh, to stand up for Jesus in this new year. And then James, if you would follow immediately behind the song. Okay. Stand up with us. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Soldiers of the cross, lift high his royal banner, he must not suffer loss, from victory unto victory, his army shall be lead, till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed, stand up.
Good morning. Uh, just very quickly, we want to present to the church the uh, budget proposal for 2017. Uh, that budget proposal requires a total of $869,695, or $16,724.91 per week. This is $16,420 less than last year's budget. Leadership felt that we need to make a little bit of adjustment there with uh, where things are right now as we ended the year and then as we're looking forward in the new year to uh, actually initiating uh, phase three of our building program. So if you would affirm the recommendation of the elders and the finance committee of a general fund budget for 2017, $869,695, please raise your hand. Okay, thank you. If you do not affirm this recommendation, please raise your hand. Okay, the recommendation is affirmed. So our budget for 2017, $869,695. Okay, let's uh, close in prayer, please. Lord, again, we do just uh, thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us. Uh, thank you for the message that morning, this morning that just reminds us that whatever comes our way, uh, Lord, you are always in control and we can stand against anything in your strength and in your power. May we walk with you moment by moment, day by day. And as we enter this new year now, beginning today, we just pray, Lord, that everything that say and do in our lives from day to day would honor and glorify our Lord Jesus Christ. Now walk with each one of these folks here today and just give them a special blessing today as we commit this new year to you and uh, just uh, anything that might be on any individual's heart right now, Lord, I pray that you would minister to them. So Lord, thank you for this day and we lift all these things before you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning.